and welcome to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your interviewer and husband, Zach. And I am your interviewee and wife, Diana. And this is a special RPG a day episode of Heart Points. How are you doing, my darling? I'm excited. I'm excited because I don't do Twitter. I just don't. It, it confuses me. I don't understand how you all have like conversations for days and get very angry at things. Like I don't even <laughs> see things on Twitter. I just don't understand it. But so I had not been participating in this particular event, and so I'm excited that I get to do it in this capacity. Yeah. So what we are doing today is uh, we would like to take part in the RPG a Day social project. RPG a Day is a project every August, the same month of uh, Gen Con. I always say Gen Con, and I think that's wrong. Gen Con, uh, where people can come together online to take part in a guided RPG discussion all month long. So uh, it's a it's essentially a hashtag RPG a day, where people can tag their discussions about RPGs. So that specifically, if you can't make it out to a con, it's a way to connect with people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Thirty-one question prompts are given in order to connect a widespread online community. Uh, the project is organized by David F. Chapman, who's on Twitter at autocrat, oh autocratic. That's autocratic with a K at the end. And you can also find more of his work at autocratic.com. So he he gathers all these questions together. Uh, I know he employs some outside help to help him uh, curate the questions and, and organize the questions. And this year, I took part in RPG A Day 2018 on the Heartpoints Twitter. So I, uh, I, I used our Twitter to kind of talk about my own answers to the questions. Uh, but I really wanted to hear from you, Diana, yeah. uh, because like you said, you don't really use Twitter, uh, and we're really bad at doing uh, the Heart Points website or Facebook. Yeah. So we thought we would kind of just do all the questions at once, since uh, this is coming out uh, the just after the end of August, and, and I could ask you the questions. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to ask you all the questions. Okay. But I think I'm going to ask you most of the questions, if Fair. not all. Fair. And then, yeah, we, we could we could hear about your RPG thoughts on the show. Yay! Are you ready to, to share your expertise? I'm ready to share my answers. Okay. I don't know that I'm an expert in anything. You, well, you are. Accept it. Okay. Question number one. What do you love about RPGs? I can already tell that this is going to be a problem. I want to answer, like, in five different ways. Um, I struggle with feeling like I have friends, which is ridiculous because I have a lot of friends. No, this is going somewhere, I promise. Well, it just got real real. Well, uh, hold on. Okay. I think, but I I love being able to sit down and do something with my friends. I've always loved doing things with my friends, and this is a fantastic way to keep in touch with my friends without doing, like, brunch, how are you? How are the kids? How's your life? That, like, that's really important, but I also enjoy doing these activities where we can kind of continue to grow as friends together. I, I really enjoy like the community, the camaraderie and the relationship building. That's awesome. What do you look or number two, what do you look for in an RPG? Um so I have never GM'd, I know. Shocking and sad. I've never GM'd. What I'm looking for in a game that I'm playing 
You're looking confused. I've never jammed. Is that true? I've never jammed. I feel like you say this a lot, and I always feel every time you say it, like, I don't think it's true. I've never jammed. The only game that I've ever taken control of the story for Mm -hmm. is Murderous Ghosts. One time while on air. Okay. And I got it wrong, because I read the instructions wrong. I skipped up. There was a move I was supposed to do, and I missed that move. I think And we continued on. It was one mistake, but I, like, still am like, oh, I did it wrong. I also, I also messed up. Our Murderous Ghost game. Anyway, yeah, okay. what do you look for in an RPG? So what I look for when I'm playing a game is, um, in the game specifically, I'm looking for a lot... I, I look less for crunch and more for... Is it called fluff? When you're... Like the story building? Yeah. Um, so the narrative. The narrative, yeah. yes. So like I need I need a solid... I need a solid structure. I need crunch. I, I cannot, I don't do well with like, whatever, make up your own rules. And da, da, da. like, I keep saying that that's what we should do. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm doing that like a kid who's like testing their boundaries. I need those boundaries. I need them. Don't remove them. But I'm going to keep telling you to remove them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I need those boundaries. I need that skeleton to build my my character in. But I want to be able to play with the character that I've then created. I want to be able to move around in a world in a way that maybe they weren't anticipating me to move in. As you all know, I like to do things maybe unexpectedly because I just do the first thing that popped into my head. I don't really do a lot of forethought. <laughs> um, but I like, to, I like to be able to play around in the world that we are creating together. So as a player, that's what I look for in a game. I need that structure. I need like a skeleton, but I need to be able to move around and play in it. What do you think gives a game staying power? Honestly, it has almost nothing to do with like the game itself, like the book that you buy to read. Mm -hmm. It has everything to do with the people that you're playing with. I really don't think I've ever encountered a game I just genuinely did not like. If I did not like my playing experience, it's because... Especially in our early years when we were first playing, we were all really inexperienced with playing games. So we would get frustrated because we were trying to do things that like you can't do in these games. Mm-hmm. Or the people that we were playing with would try to like, they would try to like break the rules and do things that you can't do in these games. Like that's, it's, it's more about the group that sat down and less about the game itself that I struggle with sometimes. Uh, I'm going to combine the next two. Uh, The next two are who's your most memorable NPC and who's your favorite recurring NPC, which I felt were a little... If you have a different answer to those two, then you can answer them both separately. Uh, But it might just be the same. Most memorable NPC and favorite recurring NPC. Of all the games that I've played? Yeah. I honestly think it's Omen. Really? I do. I think he's the most fleshed out. Really? Yeah. Of the NPCs that I've played with. Okay. He's my favorite recurring. My most memorable is a character that our that Zach B created for me in our last game, um, Roz, who's this uh, like evil witch. I really enjoyed her. She was really fun. Yeah. Uh, her name was Roz, and Zach B created her for me. Yeah. She, well, I don't know if he created her for me, but... She was for a Blades in the Dark game. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, she was. And I was this. Anyway, I'm not gonna go into my character, but she. He created this 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 old wizened evil witch lady, and I hated and loved her. It was amazing. She was very sweet though. Yeah, like, when she you kept say making. Evil, she she was... kept making us scones, and I kept expecting the scones to be full of poison. Like it was amazing. It was really fun. Um, but I do think that Omen is my favorite reoccurring character. I do. Really I do. Interesting. I do. I enjoy interacting with him. Uh, number six, how can players make a world seem real? This is something that I struggle with 
like a lot. I don't really flesh out my characters a ton, but I think fleshing out your characters and having a really good idea of who your character is and how they're going to interact in the world helps you flesh out the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't, so I did a lot of character building for Sound. I really like actually thought about her and um, in a character I played previously for a different game, you helped me create her and I loved her. Her name was Menheat and she was a orc and I loved, I, I loved her. Um, and I did a lot of fleshing out for them, so it was much easier for me to manipulate the world around me and build that world with the team. But for other games, um, I've created like characters because they needed a specific skill or because I just picked a random player sheet. And I have a I ha- I have a much harder time playing in the world and building the world because I don't know how the world works. So I think for players to build a good world to play in, they need to know they need to know their characters. I think I, I think that's fair. The the one thing I would disagree with is you saying that you're not good at it. I think I just don't. It's just not something I focus on all the time. Uh, I I think I think that's fair. I, I I don't want you to sell yourself short though, or be self deprecating because like heart points, you do so much to to contribute to that world and build up that world and 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 create that world and, and make it feel interesting that I, I don't think it would be fair to be like to think that that is a weakness of yours I don't think you should feel that way well thank you it's just not something I do consistently I guess is a more okay. accurate way to say that like right. I because like I said I did it for one character that you helped me build and then I did it for for sound but I can't think of another character that I spent that much time getting to know mm. like I usually I usually when I enter role-playing games I'm just like, well, I don't really have a preference because I think I could come up with some ideas for anything and I'll just pick whatever player sheet is left. Or um, one, I do love this character that I created for your Torchbearer um, campaign. She's not really any different from Sal, but I really like that character. Br- Bray and Sal are very yes. the same. They're the same people, but Bray has a little bit more experience fighting, I guess. Bray seems a little more cynical. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I created Bray because a player from your table left and you guys needed... A warrior. You needed somebody who could fight. Yeah. And so then I joined. I wasn't original. So I filled a hole. Like, I, I either fill holes or I just take whatever's left because I don't... For the most part, I don't tend to be like, yes, it's this character that I super duper want to play. Whatever. Yeah, you, you... Your approach is taking a need and then coming into your own. Yes. And, and discovering them through play. It's like, it's emergent play. And I think... I don't think there's anything wrong with starting off not knowing who your character is and even like it almost feels like you choose your character based on not chance but like you just say okay well whatever's left I'll take from there whatever we need I'll take from there and I'll figure out who my character is and what I think you do very well is bring your character to life from that point like rather than being like stressed out like going into a game knowing what your character is which i think a lot of especially new players can get too hung up on you say okay well someone else is going to choose my starting point for me and then i'm going to like i'm going to make my character who they are while i'm playing i'm going to figure it out yes but it makes playing in the world much harder because every move you make you have to be like okay well do I think my character is going to do this or do I think my character is mm-hmm. going to do that? So especially when we first start campaigns and first start games, I don't do a ton because I'm still figuring out what my character would do in that moment. Yeah. 
So it it makes playing in the world a little harder until I know who my character is. I see that. But I but I do like filling holes. Like we we just started a new campaign and I picked a character that was one of the player sheets that was left over, but there's another character who's playing her character a little differently than how the character sheet is written. A little differently. It's mm-hmm. she's still playing very true to her character sheet. But I realize we have a lot of overlapping, so I'm changing my character as I'm playing my character. Yeah. Because we don't need to whatever's mm-hmm. we need somebody to fill this other gap so yeah. that's how i play anyway cool i don't know if i answered your question or if i went no, and I... answered a set seven others <laughs> <laughs> maybe and if so that's okay uh number seven is how can a gm make the stakes important personalizing the stakes right like yeah like making them dependent on the characters that you actually have at the table not and not i don't know some idea that you had and just customizing it, really. Customizing it to the characters that you've got. Uh, yeah, I, I felt like this one was very straightforward. I was trying to think if there was like a way to dig deeper into this question. Um, but it is very like, yeah, make your characters care by making them involved. Yeah. It's kind of... Uh, number eight, how can we as a community uh, get more people playing? Just being more open about it. Like, I... I don't always share that I play role-playing games. And I feel like I should share it more. I don't struggle in social situations. I always worry that I'm going to struggle in social situations, but Mm -hmm. I don't typically struggle in social situations. I'm a talker, case you haven't noticed. And so I don't mind getting up in front of 30 brand new people and the superintendent of my school district and saying, I play role-playing games, not like the bedroom kind, the rolling dice kind. Mm -hmm. I don't mind doing that, but I know that that would be very uncomfortable. That was uncomfortable for the other person in the room who played role-playing games. I then later learned. Like, I did not know. Yeah, she had apparently, oh, she had like a, she had a Dungeons and Dragons themed wedding. She'd gotten married like a month before. Isn't that cool? Oh, that is super cool. Yeah, but she didn't get up and say that she plays role-playing games. And I got up and said, not the bedroom. Like, it didn't, she wasn't like, oh my God, why would you say that? Mm. She was just like, oh, I could never, like, I would never say that in front of people, which is fine. Like, you don't Mm. have to go up and say that like I would. But I think we just need to be more open about it, like, more open about our hobbies and less, like, and more willing to share the hobby with people that you don't necessarily think right off the top of your head would enjoy it. No, I really don't think anyone would ever look at me or, like, find out the things that I like to do and be like, Role-playing games? Yes, she does them. Like, I don't think anybody would ever connect me to role-playing games. If they didn't know that I was married to you, I really... <laughs> honestly, once they find out I'm married to you, then I think it's all out the window. <laughs> but, uh, like, I I do yoga, and I go to brunch, and I like to sit down and watch TV, and I sew sometimes, and I really want to get into knitting right now, and I'm boring. Like, I'm an 80-year-old you're woman. Not, you're not boring. Oh, I do think you should get into knitting I because really, I want more knit things. I know. Well, actually, I want to crochet because I want to make doilies for our table because I don't like how American it is. Like, that's how ridiculous I am. But that's not, And I do Portuguese things. I just don't think that you would ever look at me and be like, yes, she's a super nerd. I am. But I don't think you would look at me and say it. So mm-hmm. I think we need to just, like, branch out and introduce more people to it by physically going up like, hey... I play this game. Do you want to play? Do you want to come over for drinks and we can play a game and be really lighthearted about it? That's another thing. I think a lot of people try to go at it really serious, really hard right away. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, a lot of people who don't play only know about Dungeons and Dragons, which is why I always explain I play role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. Because people don't know about Torchbearer. Like, the general population doesn't know about Torchbearer or Dungeon World or um, Starcraft. Like, they don't know about those games. 
So we have to introduce them. But I think if you start off introducing it as like fun, like let's just play, let's like drink and play this game or let's have dinner and play this game. I think it's way less intimidating because all the books and all the rules and all the papers can be kind of intimidating. Uh And you get people that wouldn't necessarily think about it. And then they start bringing in more people. I I just think we need to make it more lighthearted and more open, out in the open. Oh, number nine. How has a game surprised you? Well, let me just tell you that when I started with my president starter trope for Concession, I did not think that she would be, like, the reason a city is being burned down. I didn't anticipate that. This game has definitely taken a lot of turns. I had not planned on at all in any way shape or form at all but outside of uh Segranza and Cosa Sound uh your Torchbearer campaign the one that we played like a year ago mm-hmm. I created my character Bray who's a lot like Cosa Sound and she is now like stealing money and saving money to open up an orphanage which was not something I had anticipated my character doing in the beginning also, Mouse Guard might be my favorite game, and that's because it was my first game that like clicked for me. I mean, it's also a really good game, mm-hmm. but it's the first game that I was like, I understand these rules, I understand what I'm supposed to do, and I'm having a lot of fun playing with the people at this table. It was like the perfect trifecta game for me. So that sounds like that's a game that the system surprised you. Yes. Versus like these other two that the story surprised exactly, you. Exactly, yeah. Cool. Number 10 is how has gaming changed you? Oh, I think I'm much more open to trying weird things. I so so one of my favorite movie series, like completely and totally, and I love to love it. I also love to hate it, but I love to love it, is the Mythica series. And I honest like I've been reading fantasy and high fantasy. I've been reading high fantasy for a very long time. I fell in love with Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter when I was in seventh grade and I never looked back. But I don't think that I would have gotten into it the way that I'm into it now if it wasn't for being able to explore it with characters that I've created and kind of live in those worlds. Like if it hadn't been for you picking up the Firefly game or what was the first game you picked up? Hunter. Hunter the Reckoning. Yes. If it wasn't for you picking up that game in a university like a hallway, I don't think that I would like Mythica as much as I do. I don't think that I would be... I don't know, having as much fun. Like I just enjoy, they're just fun. It's fun to live in my own head because I say it all the time. I'm not creative. I'll say that. I'll say that statement, but that's not true. No. I just, I don't have the passion or I think the skill to sit down and write out a story, nor do I have the passion or I think the skill to draw something, right? But, I, but I'm very good with words, good with my mouth, words. Right? So, like, saying the words out loud. Mm -hmm. So this gives me the opportunity to be creative and to tell these stories that I would love to tell, but I don't feel that I have the the ability and I, I know I don't have the passion to sit down and, like, create in another way. I don't. I, I do not have the patience to sit down and write a 300 page book. I do not have the patience for it. I have tried and I failed. And that, that is different than saying you don't have the skill or, the path. But if you don't, passion makes a little more sense. But, but if you I, don't practice the skill, you won't yes. have the skill. Like, I'm not practicing it because I don't have the passion because I don't have the patience. Yeah, well, so I don't have the skill. I mean, I can write. I just can't write creatively. It's just because that's not in your 
interest. Right, I know, but that's what I'm saying. This allows me to to go into that and tap into that creative ness in a a way that feels accessible to me. Because the other two don't necessarily feel accessible to me, but this does feel accessible to me. Yeah. I just don't want you to be self-deprecating. I just don't want you to be down on yourself. But I'm not being down on myself. It doesn't bother me that I don't feel like I have the ability to sit down for a lot of different ways. For a lot of different reasons. I don't feel like I have the ability to sit down and write a 300-page book. Yeah, and, and that's okay. But I get to tell a great story mm-hmm. sitting around a table with some of my nearest and dearest. What was your... Okay, this is another one that I want to combine. Uh, this is, what was your wildest character name? And what was your wildest character concept? Menheat. Was your... Menheat. For both? Yes and no. Okay. Okay, I'm going to talk about two characters... That's fine. But, um, so Menheat, you came to me and you were like, listen, I have this idea for a character, but I need you to join in on this character for this character to work. We are going to be, what were you? You were a... I was a, a warlock. Yes. And um, you played a female warlock and I played a female orc and I was a paladin and you were a warlock and you had a demon daddy and I had like a goddess mom. And um, we were in a relationship mm-hmm. in this game and it was awesome. And so I started delving into, like, what kind of god I think I wanted to follow. Like, who did I want to be a paladin for? And and how did I want that to work? And I, like, I usually just I usually just pick one of the names that's on the character sheet as an example. Or I'll pick something that's very close to one of the names on the example. Menheat was not. Like, I went and found this Egyptian goddess of truth and, like, law- lawfulness and, like, equality. And I was like, yes, I love this goddess. I'm going to find a name that fits with this. And so I found Menheat. And Menheat went along with it. And Menheat is just like this awesome orc paladin who's like, you're lying. And I know you're lying. And we're going to be honest. And we're going to be here for the people. And I loved that character. I She's so different. Mm-hmm. She's so different. And, yeah. I, and I, I love the chance to get to play a different character. But... The character that I had the most giggles with and the one that I super, super enjoyed playing with, or that I'm, I'm enjoying because I'm currently playing with her, with him, is um, this character that I created for an online game that I'm playing with some friends all over the States. Oh, okay. And um, so we're playing Urban Shadows and I picked the Fae and my character Tomas is this like 500-year-old Fae who was a changeling? Like he was, he was the fairy they replaced. Like he was the fa- the changeling child. They took the human and they left the fairy and they left Tomas. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been around for so long during. And he was there. He lived through the po- the apocalypse and is now in the aftermath. He's had sex with literally everything. With literally everything that could have sex, he has had sex with it. And so whenever he meets somebody, he's like, oh. It's been a couple. It's been a couple centuries since I had sex with you or five of you. Let's you know have an orgy. He's just constantly trying to have an orgy and have a good time, and I just really enjoy. I just really enjoy that character. I made like a whole backstory for him as we like as we've been playing. I've been making this like crazy like sad backstory for him. Like he's got a really tragic life, and then he's just like let's fuck. Like, I love it. I love the that's my favorite character concept is the the. The person who is really hedonistic or gross or rakish, and it's just really sad inside. Yep. I love it. It's, it's so good. He's I, it's so like... conflicted <laughs> while he's in his orgies. It's awesome. <laughs> Number 13 is describe how your play has evolved. I've definitely gotten more confident. I have absolutely gotten more confident. 
even so I've been playing role playing games since you discovered role playing games. Mm-hmm. I I mean we talked about it when we first started um Segedansa. I was I was one of your first guinea pigs. I always was. Yeah. But even since we started with your Torchbearer campaign, when we started your Torchbearer campaign, we started a bi-weekly group mm-hmm. that plays role-playing games and we shift the games and the GMs every few months. Um, but even since we started that a year, two years ago, I've become a much more confident player. I feel more confident in my ability to make decisions. I feel more confident in my ability to create characters, to to participate in the world. I've definitely started using my player voice more. Like, I'm standing up for myself more as a player and as a character. I'm, I just understand the rules better mm-hmm. now. Like, I would... I'm, in the, especially in the beginning, I would I would always ask, I think this is the move I'm supposed to make. Is that right? Like, I would always double-check it, and now I don't feel like I have to double-check it. I feel like I understand the rules well enough. I understand gameplay well enough to be able to be like, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. I obviously haven't read the rule books, so I don't always know that I'm making the right decision, so I will sometimes check in. But for the most part, I'm like, I'm going to roll, you know, I'm going to roll just on realities right now because that's the situation that this calls for. Yeah, like, you you know the basic trappings of a game so that, like, even if you don't know every specific mechanic, you know where to look to find that mechanic. Right, yeah. and I know what moves constitute a role. Yeah. For the most part. Like, I, I know that I can have a conversation with someone, but if I want them to do something, I have to roll for it. Whereas I think, especially in the beginning, I didn't always know that, or I would question whether or not I had to roll to even talk to the NPC. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just feel more confident as a player, just by practice, just by doing it more. I feel more confident. Yeah. Do you have a failure that became amazing, and it's something that you failed at that turned around and, and turned out really good? I don't know. This one was a hard one for me at the time of this recording. This is the one that I talked about the most on the Twitter um, feed, on the mm-hmm. Twitter uh, thread. Um, it ended up being like 15 tweets trying to like talk about this failure. I honestly, I don't know. Well, because I don't really remember my roles. I remember what I did and Mm -hmm. I don't always remember why I did the thing that I did. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to think, I... I think it's one of those things that like, because in general, every good moment in an RPG comes from a failed role. Yeah. Like, because that's what drives conflict. That's what creates difficult things that you then overcome and right. it becomes amazing. Yeah. So it's hard to like failure is you, like all RPGs fail forward so you're constantly failing forward so it's kind of hard to think of a specific example where that happened. Right. If you don't have anything we can move on to the next Yeah one. I don't know that I can think of anything. I know that I failed and I know I failed spectacularly and great things have come out of it but I honestly I don't know. Yeah I don't know if I have a suggestion for you if you think of something we can come back to it well i mean the only thing that's coming to mind is back with bray she wanted to start an orphanage and there was like this church sort of thing that we kind of kept coming back to Mm -hmm. and and kept trying to make connections to and i i remember asking them if they would help me start this orphanage and they were like no and i was like fuck you i'm gonna make an orphanage for all the thieves out there and so that's what i'm saving money for but i don't know that that's like spectacular it's just kind of the only i remember that being a fail and then doing something with that. But I don't remember otherwise. Because okay. I remember the stories. I don't necessarily remember why the things happened. Yeah. Number 15, describe a tricky arcs RPG experience that you enjoyed. Something that was tricky, maybe a little difficult, maybe something that you had to work to get your head around. 
especially in the beginning of Sound's journey mm-hmm. and working with the Knolls and the Chasers. It's like every time the Chasers came up, especially in the beginning, it was it was just really interesting to figure out how Sound was going to interact with it and how Sound was going to handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know that I can pick a specific instance, but just about all of the Segaranza campaign. The whole thing. Yeah. I think Especially in the beginning. I think that's fair. For sure. Describe the plans for your next game. Do you have any ideas for a next game? There is a player that I have wanted to play for a very long time. You mean a character? That's what I meant. Okay. A character that I would... That's definitely what I meant, not a player. Um, that is, there is a character I've wanted to play for a very long time that I cannot play for heart points. It just would not be a good character to play for heart points. But I really want to play, like, I want to play somebody's, like, slave troll who's just this big thing, like, okay, smash, and then just, like, smashes stuff. Like, I don't necessarily want to have, like, control. I just want to be, like, smash, and then just smash things all the time. I just think that would be, like, so fun and so irritating to the other people at the table. Like, I just think that would be a really fun character to play. Um, but I could not I could not do that for hard points. That would get old real fast. Well, what we could do is play Grant Howitt's Havoc Brigade, um, which is a game where you play a vanguard of orcs going into a fantasy city, and it's a one-shot thing, because that concept, I think, sounds fun until you're eight sessions in, yeah. and all you can do is smash. smash. Yeah. Um, but Havoc Brigade is like a one-shot this is the same uh, designer who made Honey Heist. Okay. The whole goal is that just that you're orcs and you go into a fantasy city and you cause as much destruction as you possibly can. That sounds fantastic. So, That's exactly this character. Because I always play the really annoying impulsive girl. Like, just about all... Just about, I would say 75% of my characters are very annoying, very impulsive, definitely do things without thinking, damn the consequences to the group. Like... Frequently, that is the player that I play. Yeah, which is really interesting because we we just started in our home group uh, playing the sprawl, and mm-hmm. you're playing literally the exact opposite. Yes, you're playing a character who's all about planning. Yep. who is all about slowing things down to mm-hmm. make sure that we are doing the optimal thing to make sure that the group's mission goes off without a hitch. Yeah, like total opposite. And that's something that I I have wanted to pay attention to, and I have wanted to strive for for a while. Because Men Heat wasn't really about impulsively going in on things. Mm-hmm. Like, Men Heat went and saved the little man a lot of times. Like, if she was unclear about the situation, she would not fight or she would only protect. Yeah. One of the things that I really have been striving for is playing characters that are really different for me. Because I because I do play the impulsive character, because it's fun and because it's silly and because it's easy for me. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not always easy, but it's easy for me. I've, I've been trying to branch out a little bit and play characters that are different from that. Because I enjoyed playing Min Heat. I really enjoyed playing Min Heat. Yeah. And I think I'm going to really enjoy playing... I enjoy playing Consta Sound, though. I enjoy the, like, uh, I stab him in the taint. Like, <laughs> I do enjoy that. Um, but I do want to branch out and play different. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, do you have an idea of what game we, we would be playing next or you would be playing next? I mean, I've looked over at our... Uh at our shelf of games, and I have so many ideas. You make it sound like we only have one shelf of games. Okay, well, our shelves of games. We have multiple shelves, And I have yeah. so many ideas, and I do specifically have... Uh, I have a few ideas for um, 
some short form stuff after after Heartpoint or after the Segaranza campaign. I don't I don't actually think the Segaranza campaign will ever be over. I think yeah. we're gonna finish this arc and then we're gonna do some other stuff, um, and then probably come back. But uh, yeah, I have some ideas. Okay, cool. I have one storyline that I just cannot figure out what system to use. Um, we'll figure it out. Yeah. But this isn't mine. I know. I've I know, answered but all I was, these on well, Heartpoint. But I was just already. curious. I was curious. What? Oh, sorry. Number nine, or I can count. Number <laughs> seventeen is describe the best compliment you've had while gaming. Like to me, or for my my character. Maybe either, but I would think to you. I want to hear about the best compliment you've received. I think recently, I got a compliment that I I play to my characters fairly well. Mm-hmm. Like for the characters that I build, and for like the mentality that they have, I. I play to that. And again, like I said, I I tend to pick an impulsive player who's kind of annoying with her impulsivity. So playing to that's not that hard. I think I received that as a compliment recently, which was really nice to hear. That I'm not, like, that I didn't pick this character, like, I didn't pick a healing character that constantly shoots people. Like, I'm playing to my character. Yes. You can, I have played I- a healing character that shoots people all the time, <laughs> and it works well. It does work well. But I think... I received that compliment lately, recently, where I I've been playing to my character in a complimentary way, which yeah. is something I was looking forward to. So your praises have been sung. Is that a phrase? Sure. Your praises have been sung as as a great player uh, by by me. I hope you know Absolutely. constantly yeah. by our home group and also uh, in our regular iTunes reviews Yay, um, that that all say very great things about your ability to roleplay, your ability to world build, your ability to um, to be interesting and improvisational. Which so I greatly appreciate. If you want to, if you, listener, would like to add to Diana's best compliment she's received while gaming, you can stop by our iTunes page and leave a review. Please do, because some of these I'm struggling with. You can also listen to um, uh, the RPG podcast Too Many RPGs, which uh, is a kind of a fan slash review cast about actual play podcasts. And they did an episode about us and talked about Diana's amazing skill at RP. Uh, and you can check them out as well. So moving on oh, shucks. to number 18, <laughs> uh, what art inspires your game? I will often be self-deprecating about my love for romance novels. I will, because I know the kind of rap that romance novels have. But they are 100% an art, and there are good forms and bad forms and problematic forms mm-hmm. and positive forms. And I just love a good lo- I just love a good love story, and these romance novels definitely hit that spot for me. And so I think my romance novels 100% play a huge role in the kind of characters I develop, the sort of play that I do, the sort of stories I find interesting. Yeah, I can consume one of those bad boys in like four hours. I can just, I down it. It's like a quick shot. It makes me happy. Hallmark movies hit the same spot. Not all of them, but some of them. The Christmas ones. Do you use Hallmark movies to inspire your games? Uh, 100% Constant is like a Hallmark oh, movie fair, trip. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I love a good love story. And I, I'm, I have a master's degree. I went to college. I think well, and I enjoy things that let me think. Like deep movies, deep books. No, listen, I know. But my favorite media to consume is the kind that turns my brain off. Yeah. That is my favorite movie, media to consume. And so I just, I love these Hallmark movies and these, ro- Girl, these romance novels. I just love them. Girl, you do not have to defend yourself. You are allowed to like what you like. I know. 
I know. You're just, you're just. I am hedging, defending myself. Yeah, you're I'm hedging aware. a lot of defense there. I you know, don't I got, know. You don't have to. I know. If you I like know. it, you're allowed to like it. I know. I know. All right, therapist. <laughs> uh, number nineteen is an interesting question. I don't know if you'll have an answer to this. What music enhances your game? This is something that I think a lot of GMs think about a lot, but I don't know a lot of players. I don't know that I would specifically pick out music, but I or like that any music specifically I. I don't know that there's any music I specifically seek to enhance my play. Mm-hmm. However, we have recently moved our Alexa into the dining room where we play our games mm-hmm. and having the like video game music play while we're trudging through the dungeons has been crazy epic. Yeah. And I do seriously enjoy that. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, for GMs, uh, curating a playlist for your games is one of the best things you can do. I, For sure. I agree from the player aspect. Like, it definitely helps set the serious tone of the the play. And sometimes it helps break up. Like, when you put more than one person at a table, there will be arguments. That it just is the way it is. Mm-hmm. So when the players are starting to argue about what's happening and then some random video game character starts sing- singing opera in the background, like, it's a great diffuser. And then you change the music and the tone is set again. And it's it's an easy transition. We don't have a lot of arguments at our... No, we don't. I mean, we have disagreements, but I don't know. That sounded like fights. No, I mean, I think we're all talking about the same thing. Oh, okay. Like, people are disagreeing on a thing that's happening, and people get heated about their characters because they're passionate about their characters. Yeah. So it turns into... Listen. <laughs> semantics, sir. Fair. Number 21 is, uh, which game mechanic inspires your play the most? I don't even think I know what this is asking me. Like... The rules? Yeah, I guess a game mechanic that you find inspiring. Saying the question again is not helping me understand how to answer <laughs> this question. Uh, so I guess that would be like, uh, do you find the trait system in Torchbearer to be inspiring? Oh, okay. Do you find uh, the lead and follow mechanic of Starcross to be inspiring to your play? I got it, okay. Um, I think the... Like, the bonds in Dungeon World. Yeah. Right? Did I get that right? Um, Because that that sort of concept, like, you have this connection to another player for this specific person. That's in Mm -hmm. a bunch of games. And I think that 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 definitely helps me. I think it especially helps me when I'm creating my character and kind of figuring out how they think. But I, I really like that. I like that mechanic. Like, you've got this connection to this specific character for this specific reason, Mm -hmm. and it has its own mechanic, it has its own thing with it that you don't have to ever focus on or you can focus exclusively on. I really, I I enjoy that a lot. Cool. Uh, Number 21 is, which dice mechanic appeals to you? So, like, what's your favorite dice mechanic? I like the simplicity of 2d6. I do enjoy that. Which is what engine? That is Powered by the Apocalypse. Yes. Yes. (sighs) What is the other word for it? You called it something. Apocalypse Engine. Apocalypse Engine. I do. I like the simplicity of that. However, I really enjoyed Mouse Guard, which does not use 2D6. I really enjoyed that. Um, But especially for new players, people who aren't super duper confident, who don't have a lot of experience, who are really nervous, the Powered by the Apocalypse, 2D6. Just very, very simple. The Jenga Tower... Also, phenomenal. So that's number 22 is which non-dice system appeals to you? The Jenga Tower. Phenomenal. And that's 
dr- that's dread, right? Uh, well, dread uses it, and so does Starcross. Right. Yeah, obviously. but did which one came first? Dread. Yeah. Came first. So, look at me. I know things. I'm doing a dance that you can't see on the internet. But yeah, I like the I like the Jenga Tower a lot. I think it adds that unnecessary. Well, it's necessary for the game, but that like. That butterflies in your stomach, like your heart's pounding, thing like there's going to be a loud noise and crashing. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it just builds up the tension we really should, well. Uh, figure out how to incorporate a popping balloon into Starcross. Oh God, no! That would make it so much. You have to poke it with a pencil, a lead pencil, and then every time you move up a level, you have to click the pencil one <laughs> bit and poke it and see what happens. Which, number 23 is, which game do you hope to play again? So a game that we've played in... Uh... Mouse Guard. Okay. We have not played Mouse Guard since college. Like, we're probably coming yeah. up on, like, 10 years. Yeah. Or close to it. We just, I, I know you've, you've played it. You've played it. Um, and you just have... you Because you tend to be the GM, mm-hmm. because I'm a big fat chicken, I'm scared to be the GM. I know what it is. I'm scared to be the GM. That's what it is. But anyway, that's not the point. Because you tend to be the GM, you have the right to pick the game that we play. And you you pick phenomenal games, and I enjoy all of the games that you've been playing and that we've been playing. But I think I, I would love to go back to Mouse Guard, especially now that I am a more seasoned player. Because I think when we first played Mouse Guard, I looked to the GM, and I think everybody at the table looked to the GM a lot. Like, mm-hmm. it was a lot on you to not just build the world, but also tell us how we were playing the game every step of the way. It was a lot. And Mouse Guard has a lot of mechanics. There's like a lot that the player needs to be responsible for. And if you don't know what you're doing, it's a lot on the GM. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I would like to play. I, at some point, I'd like to go back to it. All right. Well, we will put that on the table. Yeah. Maybe. I could play Evelyn. My mouse. Yeah. My mouse cook. Yeah. Who hit people with a frying pan. Because I was always a healer or a cook in the beginning because I was afraid to do anything else. Uh, number 24 is which RPG do you think deserves greater recognition? I think that's I think that's gonna be tough for me to answer mainly because I don't know that I know how much recognition all these games get. Fair right like I know powered by the apocalypse games get a lot of attention because they use 2d6 and mm-hmm. because they're sim- they're fairly simple to to pick up. I'm really enjoying Urban Shadows, but I know that the McElroy, like the reason we're playing that is because my friend who bought it heard it from the McElroys. So that's probably getting a lot of attention. We just started, what is the system of the game that we're playing? Uh, in our home game? Yeah. Uh, the Sprawl. Okay. That seems like that's really fun right now. Yeah. Um, and that's like, a, that's a world that I did not ever think I would be playing in. So that's a really fun place to be. The game, bef- the game system before that was really fun. Blades in the Dark. Yes, Blades in the Dark. Thank you. Blades <laughs> in the Dark is also is is huge right that's, now. But see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I, in, unless they're coming to our table, or like I'm hearing a lot, a lot, a lot of the people I specifically know talk about them. Mm. I don't necessarily know what is. Yeah. Because I'm not on Twitter. Like I'm not on Twitter. I don't know what's like cool and popping. <laughs> I do really, I did really like Straight Up Apocalypse World way back when, when we played that. Which I, f- weirdly enough, I do kind of feel like doesn't get enough love. Yeah. Despite everybody talks about how much they love the engine and how inspiring the game is. People don't talk enough, I don't think, about how freaking good just regular Apocalypse World is. Yeah. 
I super enjoyed that game yeah. when we played it. It was I really really enjoyed that game. That's another game I'd like to revisit. That was that was a really fun game to play. So Apocalypse. My answer is Apocalypse World. Okay. Even though it's very the, it, the engine's very popular, the system's very popular. Yeah. You're right. I don't think I hear enough people talking about that specific mm-hmm. game. Uh, number twenty five is name a game that had an impact on you in the last year. In the last year, mm-hmm. absolutely Dungeon World because of Segaranza. Playing, I never thought that I, I never thought I would be doing a podcast. Put a period after that statement. I never thought I would be playing a podcast with a character that's like super Portuguese with probably <laughs> the most complicated Portuguese name to say and spell. Conceição Cortez. Conceição is, 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 is a thick name with a tail on the sea. Like it is a <laughs> it's a complicated name to write down. It is mm-hmm. a compli- complicated name to say. Like, it's a, that's a complicated name. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I would be doing that. I never thought, I don't know, that we, that I would, I, I never thought I'd be looking forward to it as much as I look forward to it. You know, I just, so because of Segaranza, because of Heart Points, Dungeon World is my answer. Uh, what is your gaming ambition for the next year? What goals do you have in, in the 2019? Do not get your hopes up. Please do not get your hopes up. But I would like to actually make good on my promise of GMing a game. Yes. I have been saying that forever, and I would actually like to make good on my promise for it. But do not get your hopes up because I am starting a new job again. Fair. For the fifth time in a row. Is there any particular game that you think you want to GM? I don't know. I really don't. Like, Dungeon World is such an easy game to jump into, but yeah. we have played so much Dungeon World between our home game and between this. Fair. Um... I think I'd like to play a game that you've never played. I think I'd like to GM a game that you've never played. That would make me so happy. Yeah. But I again, don't make any promises. Goals. Uh, number 27 is share a great stream or actual play. Hard points. <laughs> no. Hard points is the best, the best actual play ever. Don, are you saying this because you don't listen to that many actual plays? I don't listen to any actual plays. That's so bad. I know. To my credit, I didn't really start listening to podcasts. Yeah. I didn't really listen to podcasts even after we started a podcast. You've kind of only started listening to podcasts, like, to the ex- almost to the extent that I do in the past, like, two months. The summer. It's the summer when yeah. I didn't have kids coming into my office every day, and I was still commuting an hour to work. I mean, you could, uh, I don't know, maybe plug one of the actual plays that I've guested on, maybe, if you wanted. Yes. That you've... For sure, listen to the episodes that I guessed it on, right? Here's the thing. I have. I have. I cannot remember their names right this very second. So if you give me a second, I will pull them up and I can absolutely plug them because they're good. I enjoyed them. I've listened to them. Let's let's share two. Oh, okay. Pot of Love. I like Pot of okay. Love. Yep. Pot of Love is good. See, I have, I've listened to them. Uh, th- there are a few uh, very good, um, also local to us, like b- locally based Um there's a there's a few podcasts uh, that I would plug in your stead. Thank you. Sorry to answer your question for you. Pod of Love is great. Yeah, I um, like them. They they are an actual play podcast that they are also a couple that plays uh, mostly the Fog of Love board game and mm-hmm. Starcrossed. They are cuter than us. I'm sorry to say. I know. And uh, I highly recommend them. Uh, there's also uh, the Party of One podcast. <gasps> I kept thinking of his actual name and not the podcast name. Yes. Uh, hosted by Jeff Stormer. Yes. Uh, he does uh, one-to-one RPGs, similar to us, mm-hmm. also based in the Philly area. 
fantastic. I guested on one of his episodes where we played Grimworld together, um, and it was very good. There is also a local um, to us on the same network as Pot of Love is The Refugees of Esmeralda, which I also highly recommend. Yeah. More fantasy. They play a whole bunch of games in a shared setting. It's very good. Yes, yes. I 100% agree with you. I just can't... I just don't... I've listened to episodes. I just don't religiously listen to actual mm-hmm. plays. If you'd like, I can I can give you some recommendations. Oh, well, thank you. I think we have a good list here for me to start with, okay. but I agree. Number 28 is Share Who's Inspiring Gaming Excellence You're Grateful For. His name is Zachary, and he is the best GM that's ever been a GM for me and also player for me. Honestly, I would not be here. I would not know anything about them. I would not be the player that I am were it not for you. So 100% Zach. I can't call you the original Zach because I knew Zach B before I knew you, but like the most important Zach in my life. Aw, shucks. <laughs> you're you're my gaming excellence inspiration as well. I shouldn't be. There are better gamers. <laughs> Yeah, but when it says you're grateful for it... Oh, okay, yes, yes. You should be grateful for me. It's the only answer I will accept. Uh, Number 29 is share friendship you have because of RPGs. Because of RPGs? Yeah. Honestly, so I'm not super tight with the people that I went to high school with. For a lot of reasons, we've kind of like... We're in different paths in our lives. And also, you become a different person after high school and you grow and you learn, right? Mm -hmm. It's been... 11 years since I graduated high school, but I'm still friends with Zach B because of your relationship with Zach B, which you have a relationship with Zach B because of your role-playing games. Yeah. So I think definitely that. Also, our friend, well, James from our home game, mm-hmm. he's he started very much as your friend, um, but role-playing games is how I got to be, how I started developing my own relationship with him. Yeah. Cool. So there. Share, number 30 is, share something you learned about playing your character. Something I learned about my character? Something I learned about myself? It says something you learned about playing your character. Well, okay, so I'm going to answer this. I'm going to go back to the just feeling more confident. Like, I am, by playing my character Mm -hmm. and characters, I've become more confident as a person, right? Like, not just when I'm playing my games, I'm just more confident in my ability to make decisions, I think. Um, especially decisions that are, not that they're not consequential, but like when when it's down to the wire, it's very easy like for Diana to be like, well, okay, we need to make a decision. This is the decision I'm going with. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But when things are just like, it's not really that important what restaurant we go to. I don't really care. Like that will be my answer and I will be unable to make a decision I legitimately think I've gotten a little bit better. I'm sure you would complain, but I think I've gotten a little bit better at being able to pick a restaurant and <laughs> like pick what I'm eating since playing these games. Like I'm I'm better able to make less consequential decisions. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, the final question, number 31, is share why you took part in RPG a day. I again, going back to why like how are we gonna get more people into this hobby and playing these games? We have to make it we have to make it more accessible, right? Like, by, mm-hmm. you know, making it more fun, making it less... Not that it's not fun. This sounds bad. But, like, yeah, putting less pressure on the first game, yep. I think, and just being more vocal about it. Like, more people... People don't know about it. Like, my superintendent, who's in her 50s and 60s, has no idea what role-playing games are. She knows what Dungeons & Dragons is, but she doesn't know what the other games are. 
being more open about it and putting it more in people's faces is going to let them know that there are more games than just Dungeons and Dragons and that it's not connected to Satanism. <laughs> which apparently is a th- or was a thing. That's what you think. That is what I think. That is what I think. It's been a long con just to get you. No, <laughs> I've been going to church this whole time. What am I going to do? Anyway, that's not the point. Um, just to increase invisibility, uh, not invisibility, though that would be cool if we could all gain invisibility through doing this challenge. We all were shipped. I did get in one of my games, I did, you gifted me an, a semi-invisibility cloak, which was awesome. And it would be cool if we could get that at the end of this. Yeah, except you always complained about it. Because, because it was it, semi-invisible. It was semi-invisible. I wanted to be completely invisible. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Diana, for sharing uh, all, of, all of your thoughts and insights and, and feelings about RPGs. Thank you for st- sticking with me. I went on a ton of tangents there. No, that was good. I think you did great. And we are only a little bit over time. Sounds like um, that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Is there anything last that you want to add or that you want to talk about that you missed? Not really that I missed, but purposeful repetition is a thing that teachers are being taught, mm-hmm. which I learned at my eight-hour training for teachers that I'm not a teacher for. Um, so purposeful repetition, plan one-shots that you can drink and eat during. Yeah. And get friends that would never ever, that you would never ever think would want to play this game or these games or the, whatever, and play them. Play them with your friends. Like, they don't have to be, you don't have to start off on a crazy mission. It can be a one shot where you're all drinking mead and you're at a tavern and you have to play a game. Like, it can be as silly or as, as lighthearted as you want it to be, but just literally make your friends play with you yeah that, make that, them that's great advice uh put together some pre-made characters or you know start making the stuff you can print out some dungeon world sheets and just hand them out and invite like plan an evening instead of a board game or a movie or whatever you usually do when you get together with friends invite some friends over who you don't think normally would game give them some break out some drinks and play a game i'm just now remembering that you did exactly that we had a party at our college apartment and you made pre-made character sheets and this really simple dungeon for all of these players to go through it was one of the first games that we played with james was that mouse guard it may have been mouse guard i can't remember but i remember that it was one of the first games we played and it was in our like apartment that definitely needed a table or a coffee table or something other than a garbage garbage uh couch and we had a garbage couch and nothing else in that apartment and we had friends over and i remember you handing out pre-made characters and like introducing role-playing to these to these games and i'm fairly certain the girls that i play with now online were some of those girls were some of the people at that party you did this you did exactly what we're talking about and now i'm playing with these people X number of years later. Yeah. Like, absolutely do that. Cool. We uh, want to thank again uh, David F. Chapman, autocratic with a K at the end on Twitter, uh, for organizing the RPG A Day uh, project. We want to thank Zach B., our editor, without whom the show would not get made. Uh, and we also, obviously, I should say, uh, thank you for uh, joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed this little insight into Diana and our gaming habits. Um, if you want my take on some of 
or on all of the RPG a day uh, questions, you can go to the uh, Heart Points Twitter at Heart Points Pod on Twitter. Uh, we have a master feed there that's just my answers to all the questions there, usually between two, one and two tweets um, per question. Just kind of, I don't know, thinking about these issues, thinking about these questions. Zach B also did this on his own, on his uh, Twitter. Yeah, he did a few. Yeah, so definitely check out his thoughts. Yeah. Uh, thank you to In Love with the Ghost for use of their song Chilling at Nemo's Place off of the album Healing. And if you like us, please make sure that you hit us up on iTunes, rate it, subscribe it, leave a comment, let us know how adorable I am, because really that's the only important thing to comment on. And um, just, yeah, just make sure that you hit us up on iTunes, because it's really important. That's how other people find us, and that's how you can get more of your friends to play these games so that we can slowly take over the world. Yeah. Uh, please recommend us to your fellow RPG-loving friends. Word of mouth is also really important. Uh, you can also follow us at HeartPointsPod on Twitter. Uh, you could tweet about us. We would love to see it. Uh, you can tag us or hashtag HeartPointsPod. Um, and, you know, we're on Facebook at HeartPointsPod. And I am trying to be a little bit more active on the Facebook because I spend a lot of my time on Facebook because it's the only thing my mom knows how to use. So I talk a lot. To, I'm on Facebook a lot. So I want to start trying to make that Facebook a little bit more fun. For everyone. So, yeah, hit us up there at oh. Heart Points Pod. Yeah. Uh, also, if I can plug just really quickly, uh, my brothers and I are starting a new podcast called uh, Chasing Chocobos. It is a podcast where we are playing all of the Final Fantasy games in five-hour increments. So if you like Final Fantasy, if you uh, want to hear us kind of talk about, shoot the shit about Final Fantasy, uh, check us out. And I think that's it. I think that is it. So thank you again for joining us this week. We hope to see you again next week when we return to the Segaranza campaign. I know we kind of left you on a bit of a cliffhanger there. Dun, dun, dun. And in the meantime, have a very nice day. But like a very, very nice one. Bye.